I'm delighted to announce that the National Association for Primary Education has exclusively released a video from its Primary Education Summit, Visions for the Future. This video, recorded by me, Mark Taylor, and Al Kingsley, talks about creating digital strategies for schools. This video is available for you to watch now at educationonfire.com forward slash blog, which I really hope gives you a taster of some of the amazing content that was available as part of that Primary Education Summit. That's educationonfire.com forward slash blog. Hello, my name is Mark Taylor and welcome to the Education on Fire podcast. The place for creative and inspiring learning from around the world. Listen to teachers, parents and mentors share how they are supporting children to live their best authentic life and are proving to be a guiding light to us all. Hello and welcome back to the Education on Fire podcast. It's a pleasure to be back with you again today. We talk a lot here on the podcast about the sorts of skills, the understanding, the learning, which we think is integral to supporting children as they grow above and beyond just the normal school system. So it's an absolute pleasure when you find somebody that's a teacher that's also put their heart and soul into something which is exactly contributing to, to that kind of development, that kind of learning on a real practical level. So today I'm delighted to be chatting to Sandy Sharmataro. Now Sandy has written a book series called The Good Eggs and also has a foundation which sits alongside it doing good for people in her community. Sandy holds a Master's of Arts degree from the University of Detroit Mercy and has taught morality, ethics and social justice courses at a private high school in Michigan. In addition to her teaching career, she has taught, developed and implemented programmes and curricula that are focused on helping children realise the importance of living altruistic lives centred on love. And the Good Egg series is her contribution to supporting children as they learn about virtues, diversity and service, essential concepts to integrate into their lives as they grow into good eggs. Now the Good Eggs Foundation is how this NGO advocates and raises funds to support monetary assistance, education resources and basic needs of children and families by connecting organisations and programmes that benefit children with those in need. And a percentage of all the books sold in this series goes towards this foundation. So I really hope you enjoy this fantastic conversation with Sandy Sharmataro. Hi, Sandy. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Education on Fire podcast. It's always fantastic to bring insights into people that are just generally wanting to do good in the world and helping people to be able to do that. And when that involves so many different aspects in so many different ways, and especially in different countries as well, I find that very exciting. So thanks for being here and give us an idea into, into what the Good Eggs Foundation is all about. Sure. Well, thank you, Mark, so much for having me. I'm very excited to be on your show. Um, so the Good Eggs Foundation um, is something that I started. It actually happened out of some children's books that I've written, a series of books called The Good Eggs, and they teach um, virtues, diversity, and service to elementary age kids. And I, uh, as the project morphed and got bigger, I wanted to put the books into action. So that's how the Good Eggs Foundation was born. So um, the books actually go month to month. The eggs go back to school in September, and then each month a little situation occurs. So that's how I do my eggings for the foundation. Each month I egg an organization or family that may be in need, and I ask them what their need is, and um, they'll let me know, and I'll say, you've been egged. And I try to help them with that need, whether it be Sometimes it's, you know, I just egged a foster closet that needed baby monitors. Um, it's all, it's different each month. Um, I just egged um, an organization that builds beds for kids coming out of homelessness, and I got them a lot of, lot of bedding, like comforters and sheets, and 
and pillows for the beds. So it depends what the need is. Um, and that's what I do each month. And it sounds to me that it's established so much now. Are you just inundated with people knowing what it's all about and, and, and needing that support? Yes. Yes. I get a lot of, um, I still seek people out. Um, but I do, it's, we've only been around since 2019 and, you know, with COVID things kind of got shut down as well. So now we're starting a resurgence really since just February. And, um, yes, it is getting out. I still have to seek people out, but people will contact me and say, can you egg, you know, this organization or can you egg this family? Um, and I will look into it and do the best I can to help. I love it. I love it so much. Um, so just sort of rewind and give us a little bit of that sort of professional background. You know, where did that storytelling and the author come into it and, and, and that kind of thing? Sure. Um, well, I always think back when I was a child myself, um, I just always loved to write stories. And one of my favorite assignments when I was like in the third and fourth grade, our teacher would give us spelling words and we would have to create a story around the spelling words. So that was one of my favorite things to do. I love to read them uh, in front of the class and the class would love the stories. So I knew that I, I loved to write these kids stories and to create situations, um, you know, in story form. So I knew that I wanted to write a children's book later, you know, as I grew up and you know, it took a while because, you know, as the saying goes, life gets in the way. You know, my own kids were small and there was no time to write a book. But once they grew up, I said I, that feeling never left me. And I said, I'm going to do it. I'm going to write this children's book. And I actually only intended to write one. But once I got one done, I felt I wasn't finished. So it actually uh, turned into three, a series of three. Um, so, yeah, it, it was, it's been a great joy to write these. And I think once you've got that process and you've got the experience of running through the whole thing, like say, it's easy yeah. <laughs> to kind of keep that momentum going is it, and everything. Right. Well, the first book took me two years and then the, the next two books, they both came out in the same year. So I was on a roll for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, and one of the things that I always find really interesting is the sense of you never quite know where life is going to take you. Like you said, you know, you were right, you know, young but had a, an understanding that there was something there. There's a connection there. There's a desire to do something. And sometimes we'd sort of try and push that into one area or another, but actually it comes out whenever it's ready, doesn't it? Like say situations and life experiences and that kind of thing mm -hmm. uh, sort of mm -hmm. be thought through. Yeah. And I've always felt this sense of um, like connection or like maybe empathy with others. Um, you know, like what people are going through. Like at one point I thought I wanted to be a psychiatrist, you know, like just things like um, to help people. So that's how that, that feeling never left me too. So I kind of combined the two, um, you know, writing the books, teaching about goodness to young kids, and then starting the nonprofit. So those are kind of my two passions, um, the writing, the teaching, you know, and then putting all that into a nonprofit. So Talk us a little bit through the practicalities of that. What does your sort of week or, or month look like in, in terms of, of running something like that and, and actually getting it to do such great work? It's been a lot of work, a lot, a lot of work. Um, the fact, too, is that I still teach school full time. So that takes up all my days. And then I do the eggs by night, you know, on weekends. So it's just all consuming. But it's just a lot of research. It's a lot of connections with other people. Um, it's a lot of, you know, 
using compassion to see what's needed out there and where I could make the biggest impact with the resources that I have. So it's just constant. I would like to say I would love to have more downtime, but I know I can't because I need to really make this flourish. So now I'm actually on, um, we did a relaunch with the books and we did new artwork and new um, book covers and we're relaunching everything and really trying to get the awareness out there because a lot of the money for the foundation comes from book sales. I'm, I'm I'm keen to know how does it affect um, the people around you? You know your your colleagues, your family, um, mm. and, and the young people in your life. You know that's when, when you've got that direct conversations that are happening, as well as obviously the people you're supporting. Yes, the people around me are very supportive. Um, my family's amazing, so they whenever they can, they help. Um, in fact, I just did some videos. I book one is all animated now, and a lot of them were the voices for the videos, so they were helping me with that. Um, but yeah, I have um, even students at school that know about it. They help in any way. One family, they own an Italian bakery here and they have um, a fundraiser for my foundation every year. So we, we sell cannoli and we have a cannoli festa and part of the proceeds will go to the Good Eggs Foundation. So everybody around me is very supportive and they do what they can um, to put awareness out there and to help us stay afloat. So we should talk on the the location. Where exactly are you and, and sort of how far reaching is the foundation sort of within that? So currently um, I am in a suburb of Detroit, Detroit, Michigan, and it's called Sterling Heights, Michigan. And I I work though on another side of the city in the west side in Farmington Hills, Michigan. So my outreach is all in the Detroit area and a little bit beyond in the surrounding suburbs. So that's my reach, you know, driving reach, right? Um, so my dream, one of my dreams would be to reach further, you know, or farther um, out into other states and maybe even other countries um, once I get a little bit bigger. So currently we are in the Detroit area and, and the surrounding suburbs. Sure. And, and, and I guess that's the thing where having books having it digitalized podcasts all of that kind of thing right that opens up the world doesn't it in terms of awareness and, and being part of it in whichever touch point you can be and then like say hopefully the rest of it can grow through there exactly i mean look right now i'm speaking to you you know in the uk and i spoke to somebody in australia um, and my second book in particular the eggs go around the world so they visit 10 different countries and they learn, you know, it's, a, it's about diversity. So they learn different language and culture and customs. And that speaks to the world as well. And, you know, of course, with the Internet, right, you can go anywhere. So, yeah, the books are digitally available um, in Kindle format. They're also paperback and hardcover. And that, you know, can take you anywhere. My podcast is available on nine platforms. It's for children. And it also takes them on a journey through the books. So, again, that can reach the world as well. Um, and take us into a little bit of detail of the books in terms of, you know, do you have characters? Sort of how, how does it sort of come across in that way? Oh, yes. So there are, well, I don't know if you, I know we're probably audio, right? But um, I can show you the, so these yeah. characters, um, there are three boys and three girls, and they all have egg in their name, right? So there's Sigourney, like S-E-G-G-O-U-R-N-E-Y. And then there's like Gregory with two Gs, Reggie, Meg with two Gs, um, Peggy. And then there's Benedict. 
And Benedict is kind of the problem child, um, and the eggs help him grow and learn. So the three books are like a series um, of three years in their lives. So you see them grow and learn into different situations. So um, they all have their teacher is kind of my alter ego. Her name's Ms. Poach, and she helps them learn as well. So they all have like creative. There's a lot of egg puns in the book, um, but they're fun. The dog's name is Scrambler. Um, so it's it's a lot of um, different situations they get into. So, for example, the first book is all about the virtues. So like understanding and forgiveness and gratitude and generosity, cooperation, respect. There's 12 in all. And each chapter highlights a different virtue and a situation occurs at the eggs, whether at school or during their summer break, where they learn about it. Nothing groundbreaking, just things that kids can relate to where, um, you know, they might think next time, oh, that happened to the eggs. And I have had parents and teachers write to me to say that they have made connections that way. Um, you know, different things that happen in their town. Their town is Elbumen. And, um, you know, just to make a connection in that way. So it's a lot of fun. And I think that the relatability is really important, isn't it? As right. well? You know, like I say, and especially in, in that childlike way, which, right. is, which is a whole immersive world that right. I guess as an author is something that you can sort of relish in. Mm-hmm. I've had a mom even um, write to me. She said she was speaking to one of her friends about a Christmas gift she was going to give to a family that was on a list, like a adopt a family type of a list. And she didn't even think her little son, he was eight years old, she didn't even think he was listening to what she was saying to her friend. And he tugged on her shoulder, her, her arm, and he said, Mama, that's just like the good eggs. They helped people at Christmas. You know, so he connected that. And she was like, wow, you, were, you actually were listening in the books and you made a connection with her friend. So that, that warmed my heart a lot to hear that. Um, yeah, I can imagine. That was great. And I had a teacher write me of a fifth grade class that, in book three, the eggs do community service. They help children and they help the elderly and they um, go to a food bank and they go to a nature center. They help an animal um, a shelter. And her, this fifth grade teacher wrote to me and said her class wanted to do each thing that the eggs did for their own local community. So they tutored kids in their school. They put together baskets for an um, elderly care center. They collected um, animal supplies for a shelter. I said, oh, my gosh, that's exactly what I wanted to happen with these books. That's exactly the result that I was hoping for. So that made me really happy, too. And it's such a different starting point, isn't it? Then it's the weekend. We're going to go and do X in the community, which might have the same kind of context. But it's different than, like say, having had the stories, having understood it before, having it just is, is a really sort of sort of sort of easy version of, of what you understand like I say from having the stories around you to then taking that next step and it's that kind of you know literally one step at a time and having it as part of your world when you're young and then sort of stepping into then actually like I say doing it and sharing those experiences exactly and that connection so important because that's what the hope is with the books that and, and targeting the young people that they internalize these things you know children are like sponges right and they they listen and hear and see everything we say and do so if we can get them to absorb the goodness at a young age that it becomes internally part of who they are as a person part of their personality part of their um, you know, empathy and compassion for the world, that it becomes part of them and it grows with them and they naturally become 
a good egg, if you will, as an adult. And they would just react compassionately um, toward others. Yeah, and I think you sort of touched on there is really important because I think we do need to experience and we do need to be shown. But I think also there is an an, an innate understanding of these things when you're younger as well. And I think to show that you can step into that and that's a positive thing and it's going to help you grow and support other people means that you're going to want more of it. And I think school and life so often can sort of slightly just sort of batter that out a little bit as you start to go into your own world and you don't want to put your head above the parapet too much. Um, That gets a bit tricky. So this is a really great way of just, I think, extending that natural understanding that young, young children have. Correct. That it, it either comes out of them, right, naturally, or it makes them think twice, like, or, or even the fact that they might relate to Benedict, right, the problem, the person with a lot of issues, and maybe they would want someone to treat them kindly, too. So they would want to react kindly to somebody, maybe not make fun of somebody, maybe not, you know, judge people. So um, hopefully that comes across as well in the books. And just take us through um, a little bit of, of like the illustration and, and the way it's worded. Is it sort of focused on on an adult um, reading it to a child? I suppose it depends on the on the age of the child in Correct. terms of, of how they can do that. Right. So I've had parents, um, grandparents, aunts, uncles, teachers read to the kids if they're younger. Um, I put these little stopping points in the chapter. So like say at night they just want to read so much, you know, they know where they left off. Right. That's easy to, to find out. Um, or I've had older kids read them as well on their own. Um, and I had a little girl, a couple, little girl and a little boy, both write to me and said how much they loved reading those books, um, that they really helped them to understand. One teacher asked the book, this one boy, why did you choose this book for your book report? He had to do a book report on it. And he said, because it really showed me how I can help my friends. So I was just, you know, happy with that result too. Like, Okay, kids are getting it. Kids are getting it because kids are kids are sweet and kids are kind and and kids are learning. And I think if we can put them on that direction of kindness and goodness, that you know we'll stick with them. And I think we need that <laughs> in the yeah, world. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. And and I think like you said, you know, it's part of their environment. It's part of their world. Right. And and for them to then literally, they're literally picking it up and running with it, or or picking it up and reading with they it. They are. Then that's amazing. And it's good um, with because I also have a parent blog that's going to start up uh, in September. And so it's on an adult level. So parents can sign up for the blog once a week, about three times a month. I'll have a post and it's going to journey through the book. Like the first one will be understanding. Right. So I'll have three posts on understanding and how you can emulate that for your child and how you can even yourself grow an understanding, which your child's going to watch every move you make. And then they're going to take that on as well. So I also have it on an adult level um, in a blog form. I love that. It's, that, that. That's a great idea because I think it, it gives everything a little bit of um, purpose and momentum, doesn't it? And, right. and that, that kind of, I'm now doing this with purpose and I'm doing it with thought. And, I can, and also with that thought comes, I can see how that's going to be modeled for, for my children as well. Exactly. And, you know, you might think it's a little thing like, oh, you know, flip the word, understanding, try standing under, you know, try really seeing with somebody else's eyes, um, try really seeing where they're coming from. But it is a big thing. Um, a, a little thing can turn into a very, very big lesson in how to grow as a human being. So never underestimate something small, just like the, the eggings that I do right now, you know, we're starting out small. But, you know, I feel good about it, because the smiles on these kids faces, like, 
one egging, we went and um, this family was getting a new start with a new home, but they didn't have any bedding for their kids' bedrooms. So I called the mom and I said, what, what do they like? The one boy loved video games. The girl loved um, hearts. So I got all the comforters and everything for their, their beds. And I got, you know, stickers on their walls. And we went in and we decorated their bedrooms. And their faces, that's all you need, you know, is to see their faces. They were just so excited. Um, so it may be a little thing, but to them it was a lot. And I feel like, you know, it gave them some joy. Gave me joy too. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, and I think, and I think that's the thing is the fact that it, I think it's the same energy. It's the same thing, whether because it's only it's personal to that one person. So whether you're affect you're affecting you know that one family that well, one day, or whether it's a hundred thousand people, it's still well, that personal connection for each of those people, isn't it? Right, and it's bringing out happiness in them. You know, where before they might have ha- had a pretty rough go of things. You know, you, you never know. Like I feel I'm very lucky in my life. You know, I mean, yeah, we all have things that happen in our lives, but I have a lot of support. I have a lot of family and friends. Well, some people don't have that, you know, and that's where I'd like to bridge that gap a little bit. Whether it's a small thing, hopefully I'd like to get bigger to make bigger things, playgrounds, you know, things, things for kids to make them happy. Yeah, and I think that's such an important thing. And you sort of touched on there about those experiences. And I'm always keen, especially people that then work in education and, and are dealing with young people. Can mm-hmm. you remember something that was sort of valuable about your school experience or or a teacher that kind of had an impact mm-hmm. and why that was? Yeah, I mean, I, I would say, you know, probably my fourth grade teacher. I mean, I, I've had a lot of great teachers, but that, that year just really... Um, I guess you kind of start becoming aware of things more 10 years old. Um, And just, you know, music always had a big impact on me. Um, Just a lot of different experiences with friends. I always seemed to be the mediator with friends, you know, like trying if two people were in an argument, I'd try to patch things up with them. I was always kind of had that role. So um, I think just not one thing in particular, but probably a series of things throughout school and then you kind of realize like who to stay away from and why are they doing that but then when you kind of see their backstory oh maybe that's why they reacted that way or maybe that's why they feel this way or have that attitude so I really got into um trying to figure people out kind of thing so, I love yeah. that. Yeah, I, I was asked. I was I was a guest on a podcast recently, and they were sort of asking, you know, what's important as a parent. But I think this is true as an educator as well. And it's and for me, it's often meeting the person that you're having a conversation with or you're learning with, meeting them where they are, and and that can that can be an age related thing, but it could also be an emotional thing as well. And I think that makes such a such a massive difference to them. Such a big difference, especially with school, because you have a whole school full of kids. And they're all at a different place, you know, and they all have different backgrounds and and parenting styles and you, you know, crises, family crises and things. And you have to really be understanding of all that. You know, you can't just say, why can't you listen or why can't you you do this? But you have to really dig deeper. You know, on the surface doesn't tell you much. (laughs) And. Um, I can't remember the episode number. I'll put a link to it in the in the show notes. But we had this conversation about, like you said, that empathy, that idea of other people going things that are going on in their lives. And like you say, it's different for everybody. But they 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 decided to write down on a piece of paper anonymously something that was going on in their life. 
Mm. Um, and then it went into a hat and then it was able to come out and be shared. No one knew who it was, but that subtle understanding that there's someone in this room that we're having, you know, daily interactions with mm -hmm. is having this problem or this has happened to them or there's been a death in the family or whatever it happens to be. Obviously, some things they might have known, but it was meant to be something which you don't know but I'm struggling with this or whatever it happens to be. And that way of sort of suddenly empathizing and realizing, like you say, everyone's dealing with something that you maybe don't know about. So having that thought process, the sorts of things that you're sharing and the skills and the understanding of life, whichever way I think we can approach that and actually make people think and sit up and understand that that's, it just makes such a big difference to the people who are receiving that, isn't it? It's huge. It diffuses situations, you know, it diffuses fear. It diffuses anger. Um, when you have that understanding ear, I do a similar exercise like you just mentioned um, in one of my classes where it's on friendship, actually, and, and we'll put things in a hat anonymously. What are some friendship issues you may be having? Mm -hmm. And we'll pick out and they will give advice right there. What better advice from your peers on friendship? Um, so, yeah, it's very healing. It's very, very healing. So that's a great exercise. Yeah, and and I, and I just think, like you say, coming together like that as well, and and what I what I love about it is the fact that you can't sit down and have a face to face conversation like that when it's like eyeball to eyeball, can you? Because everyone gets defensive then as well. Right. That kind of breath, just amazes that happen. Or, you yeah. know, they don't want to share, right? This way, when it's anonymous and there, it's right in the room, like you said, you know, it's somebody in the room, but we're not going to know who. Um, and I'll read it because I don't, in case they know each other's handwriting. Um, so this way, they don't know, and it's pure, um, pure advice from their friends. Yeah, so, I yeah, love it. That's a great way to help people feel supported and not feel alone. Yeah, that's a great way of putting it. Mm -hmm. and, and and speaking of advice, is there is there a, a great piece of advice that you've you've been given, and or maybe is there a piece of advice now looking back mm -hmm. that you would give the young Sandy <laughs> that you wish yeah, maybe you had when you I were guess younger? I always think of something my dad used to say, and I didn't understand it till I was older, but I, I say it now to my own kids. He would say, you know, if something was upsetting me or something, he'd say, you know, a hundred years from now, you'll never know the difference. So trying to say like, don't worry about it. It's not a big thing. Move on. Um, you know, it's, it's probably bigger to you than it is to everybody else. Um, just relax. You know, a hundred years from now, you'll never know the difference. So. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's actually really good advice <laughs> it's great because it gives you that perspective doesn't it and then, yeah, yeah just like yeah. yeah you know what you're right we need to move forward with things yeah. yeah in fact i was chatting to my wife earlier on today and we were talking about that sort of time perspective um i, th I think it, i think it was related um you know like sometimes when you're when you're young you know you have a tv series that seems to be with you for your entire yes. life yes. and then and, and then i think something popped up on one of my social media feeds and it was talking about one of a star of a particular show and it's like it ran for three or four years and i'm like i thought it was around forever you know but yeah. it's just it but when you're young like you say it seems like a big deal but actually in the grand scheme of things it's so short-lived it's not i know just like when we were your young summers used to think you know summers lasted so long uh, now they're like the blink of an eye. I have to go back to school in three weeks. I'm like, oh, uh, so it goes so fast. But exactly. another thing I just read that kind of impacted me was uh, one day you will be a memory to somebody. You will, you will only be a memory to somebody. So make it a good one. Oh, that's lovely. So, yeah. yeah. I like that. 
Now, there's always a resource which has had a, an impact on our life, and this could be personal or professional, but is there a podcast, a book, a video, song, film, something which has had that impact, and, and why was that? Gosh, um, I always like to thank my family. I'm dating myself, but when I was young, we used to have 45s. I don't, you probably don't yeah. know. We play them on a phonograph. <laughs> the one I played over and over and over was Imagine by John Lennon. Loved it. Still do. I love the social justice aspect of it. And that's kind of around, it was, I was around 10. And I think that's right around that fourth grade mark when I started realizing, oh, there's a bigger world than just me. And oh, there's people that might need help. And oh, if we think kindly, like that really sunk into my being. And I'm sure it was in there, but it just sparked it and brought it out. And I just think, yeah, you know, we need to really, really look at each other with kind eyes and really see each other's needs. And I think the way you put that was lovely and really beautifully put in terms of that sort of spark. It's again, it's that kind of, there's something here in you that's coming out. And there's, like you say, that's where the arts and, and all these things are so mm-hmm. important because it mm-hmm. connects you with something which you innately know, but you may not have been able to articulate before. And that comes at different parts of your life, doesn't it? Yeah, like call it your spirit, call it your soul, call it, you know, whatever you want to call it. But there's something in our humanity that's different, right, from other life forms, obviously. So um, we need that connection. We need that. We're we're drawn to each other um, in a special way. And we need to connect that and and open that up. Because, you know, we're not meant to have wars. You know, we're not meant to to kill each other, right? We're meant to live in love. And that's that's another quote that I love by Maya Angelou when she says, um, our purpose is to love. Your purpose, purpose, what's the meaning of life? Well, the meaning of life is, is to love, right? That's why we're here. That's why you're born. That's why you're here on this earth is to love. And it's pretty simple, but. We don't always do it, do we? <laughs> no, for sure. And and I and I think it's a fantastic thing to think about as as people yeah. involved with young people, however that happens to be, is mm-hmm. that in until you have that connection in terms of I'm seeing you, you're seeing me, we're having this human connection, whatever that happens to be. And then right. all the learning, whether it's a skill-based learning, whether you're doing the subject-based things that you have to do as a school right. or whatever it happens to be, it all becomes purposeful. Because like I say, the connection is human to human. It becomes a purposeful conversation or explore, exploratory lesson or whatever it happens to be. But I think right. when it starts with just filling content, it's a, literally is chalk and cheese from a sort of a different worldly. Exactly. I mean, it's all important, like you said, because it opens up the mind. And like I said before, the young mind is so, so vulnerable to, you know, interaction and to um, enabling, turning on their switches, you know, whatever they may be, because, you know, we all have different personalities and different likes and dislikes. And, you know, again, it's okay to not like people, right? There's going to be people you don't like, but you have to love them, right? In a way, you have to still be compassionate and kind. You're not going to be vengeful. You're not going to be judgmental. Um, it, it's okay. We're all going to have personalities are going to clash. That's that's a given. But you got to learn how to work around that and how not to, you know, cause gossip or trouble with people. Yeah, for sure. And I think separating out the the way you speak in terms of you don't like that behavior, you don't like that way of being, as opposed to 
not liking the that person. person. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I think that's exactly it. And that changes who you are as well as the person that you're interacting with, however that, that eventually comes out. Exactly. Exactly. And a lot of those behaviors, you know, like say if people just had some kindness shown to them or had some empathy or compassion shown to them, it might open their mind. I always start one uh, one class I teach is moral theology. And I always start with that, you know, we're not going to all have the same opinion in here. Um, and that's all right. Right. That makes the world go around. We're all different. But the important thing is, is to respect um, where somebody's coming from. And you might be able to change somebody's outlook or perspective or viewpoint. You know, you never know. You might be that catalyst to help them see something on a wider view. So always be cognizant of that, for sure, of what we say to others. And I think one of the great pieces of advice I was given once, because I was always a bit concerned about saying the right thing or, you know, like say, should I stand up? Should I not right. say anything? Those sort of things. Right. And, and I think so often it's that if it comes from the heart and it feels right, there can't mm-hmm. be a wrong thing. If it comes from a place of kindness and like say love and right. empathy and, and that, then you don't know what your words or your actions are going to give someone else. Like, so you don't know everyone's backgrounds or the conversation they've had yesterday or what's happened. Mm-hmm. So as long as it comes from the right place, I think it's always the right thing. And you may never know what that is, but I think that that becomes a much nicer way of living, doesn't it? I think it is. Um, I also teach a world religions course and I tell them as well, you might know nothing about Buddhism or you might know nothing about Jainism, you know, all these different religions we teach, but you know what? We're going to find all these commonalities. We're going to find so many commonalities within all of them. And if it brings out peace and goodness and justice and, you know, compassion and kindness, if it brings out all these things, then it's okay. You know, it's okay. Um, As long as you're not, you know, subjugating a person or, trampling on a human being or putting them in a lesser um, hierarchical role, you know, as long as it doesn't do any of that, right? As long as we're respecting each other and, and they might show it in a different way, but that's okay. As long as it's goodness. Absolutely. That's what I try to get across with, with the books in a, on a child's level. (laughs) <laughs> yeah and, and and i think that's what's so beautiful about the podcast and, and why i love doing it so much is the fact that yeah we can talk about a book you can even see the beautiful pictures and the cover and all that kind of thing but it's hearing the personality of the authors or, or the people that i chat to because i think there's there's a warmth and an understanding and a kind of a connection that happens on that human level which then draws you into wanting to find out more and i think and i think it, it's such an art to be able to write something which appeals to, to children and, and to kind of that sort of shared family thing but um yeah like i say the conversations that come with it through doing this sort of thing i absolutely love (laughs) and and just as we finish off the the fire acronym is really important here at education on fire and by that i mean feedback inspiration resilience and empowerment what's the what's the thing that suddenly strikes you from from those words and that you'd like to share well i mean i would just love to again create happiness for people create joy for people because there's enough you know negativity going around. And I want people, I mean, I feel I had a happy childhood and I would, I would want that for kids as well. Have things that you can remember that make you happy, that make you want to give back, that make you want, um, like, like even when my own kids were little, when they would cry, I'd say, what, no, what's the matter? You know, let me look, let's look at this, you know, don't cry. And, and just try to make people feel joy in their lives, you know, whether it's just for a moment, whether it's for a day, 
um, whether it's for the rest of their lives, but to empower people. And I also, um, I'm also a social justice advocate too. I don't like to see people um, put down or, like I said, subjugated. I don't like to see that for others. So I try to help in that area where I can. Sounds lovely. Sounds absolutely lovely. So tell people where they can find out more about you, the books and everything, and where they can connect. Sure. So if they go on thegoodeggs.org, they will find everything there. All my social media links will be there. Um, if they go under the books tab, they can. Um, there's a link to the Amazon page where they can purchase the books. And like I said, most of the um, proceeds from the books goes right into the foundation so we can continue our monthly eggings, which would be very helpful. Um, there's also a YouTube link where they can um, view the videos of book one. So there's 12 episodes and those just got picked up by the Michigan Learning Channel, which is an affiliate of PBS. So I was real excited about that. Um, again, they can subscribe to the parent blog, which will be starting in September. And kids can subscribe to the podcast. Um, they can listen to the book in podcast form. So they can go on the website, thegoodeggs.org, and all the info will be there that they need. Sandy, thank you so much for sharing the, your insights and your wisdom and, and for literally creating so much great information, but so much great connection in the world. And uh, I really appreciate you sharing it with us today. Oh, thank you so much. It's been a great joy to be on your show. I appreciate you having me. Thank you for listening and being part of this wonderful community. With over 300 episodes, I've collated 20 resources from guests that have been on the show to help you in your educational journey and those of you involved with young people. Just go to educationonfire.com and you can sign up on the homepage. Thanks for listening to the Education on Fire podcast. For more information of each episode and to get in touch, go to educationonfire.com. Education is not the filling of a pail, but the lighting of a fire.